So we're getting on a, on a journey to knowing God. Who, wait, hands up if you feel like, be honest, do not lie to me, be genuine, be authentic. <laughs> Who feels like in their own personal walk with God, no pressure, that you actually feel like you're getting closer to knowing Him through some of the stuff that we've been saying teaching tonight? Just honestly. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Um, so good. So good. That, that makes me so happy. If it was just one person, I'd be stoked. It'd be totally worth it. Um, yeah, so we're smashing topics that come up as lies that try and distract you from the truth because the truth is God wants to know you. God wants to be in you and God wants to be your friend and God loves you and that's what you were created for and I could just keep going. But lies come in and so teaching disarms lies. You know what I mean? It says, it says in 2 Corinthians 10, our weapons are mighty for breaking down strongholds. And then it says the strongholds are like lofty opinions and, and all these weird things in the mind. That's what, that's what our weapons are for, breaking down strongholds in the mind um, by truth. <laughs> so the more we speak about truth, the more stuff will get broken down in your mind. Guaranteed, even if you just sit and receive, even if you don't know, what, you don't know what's going on, God is downloading stuff to you. Trust me. I know how he works. If you receive anything, that's a seed. That seed will grow. Guarantee it. Takes time, but it will grow. Um, what have we been doing? We've been doing faith recently. And I interrupted the topic of faith last week just for a little bit because I really wanted to touch on the idea that there is no more law. Do you, do you guys feel like that kind of made sense all of last week? Any, any follow-up questions to that? No condemnation, law, grace. I actually know we touched on heaps of different things like sin and like what do you do if you mess up and all that sort of stuff. I know that was confusing, but we will get to that more in depth as we go on. I just can't, can't go there right now. Just, yeah, we'll get there. Um, so I touched on that because if, if you start hearing the stuff that I'm saying and stuff that you should be doing and then you don't do it or you feel like you can't do it, you're going to walk away from teaching that because you, you, every time you come here, you get discouraged rather than encouraged. So rather than you hearing stuff that I'm saying as what you should be doing, hear it as opportunity of what God wants to do through you. Does that make sense? He really, really wants to do that through you, but he moves with you. And so you lining yourself up with him is the best <laughs> playground for him. <laughs> That's what he loves. When you submit to him and you go, you know what? Yeah, God, everything. Then he's like, sweet, I guarantee you watch that person, someone do that, that person, they'll be changed for, for forever on from there. Guaranteed, I've seen it so many times. I've just got to the point, I'm just calling it now. I'm just like, I see someone go, you know what? Yeah, I want it, Jesus. Even if it doesn't happen straight away, guaranteed it does happen. Kenneth, can I get an amen? Amen, bro. <laughs> he, he said it, can I use your story for a quick, just a quick yeah. example? He said, I think it was about March last year, I don't know, March, April, something like that. He goes, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I just, I want a spiritual, um, I, I want Jesus, I want everything. It's just like, sweet, bro. Like, if, if you say that, that's it, that's done. Like, God's going to do it 100%. And then it didn't happen for ages. And I was like, don't worry, bro, you said it 100%. And I was checking up with him all year, just being like, how's it going? And then, bam, was it December or end of November? Just like, it hit, right? And it just like, life changed and just, come on, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, just mind blown. Yeah, totally. Um, that's what happens. You know what I mean? You, you open yourself up to that. That's the only thing that's stopping you is you not wanting to open yourself up to God and going, you know what? Yeah, I do want everything. Lay your whole life down. Die to yourself and let Him live through you. Come on. Okay. Um, let's get into it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on um, something that if we were in a different culture tonight, 
I probably wouldn't spend the whole night on this, but because it's our culture, I've noticed it's a really, really big thing that stops us from uh, getting to know God and knowing God and becoming like God and receiving His truth and all that sort of stuff. So, did I ever tell you guys a story about how I, that one time me and Amber got in a fight and then I, and I ate the, cho the chocolate? Did I tell you about that story? No. <laughs> I can't remember if I did. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is like, I don't know, a year ago. No, I, just, I legitimately forgot if I had told you that story. I didn't want to repeat myself. Um, we were just like hanging out one time and like I think I said something that upset Amber and then she got quite upset at me and I was like, okay, how do I deal with this? And I was fully just like thinking, Jesus, okay, I'm not going to give in to this. I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to get angry at her. I'm not going to, just trying to just do it really well. And I was doing really well for like an hour, but the fight just kind of kept going. Like, and it wasn't just constant fighting. It just didn't get resolved. You know what I mean? Which is like, we're at peace again. We're friends again. <laughs> it just kept going. And then I just eventually, I don't know why, I just kind of like caved in. And I just kind of gave into it. And I was like, you know what? That's not cool that you said that. Da, 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 da. I started to get really angry, just self-defensive, like self-righteous, like all the things that happen when you finally just give into like what you feel inside of you, like you want to do <laughs> in, that, in that moment. I gave in and this did not happen, although this is what felt like happened. It felt like my normal self, which is like frothing on Jesus, Holy Spirit every single day. It felt like that fully left me. Now that didn't happen. That scripturally, that can't happen. Jesus never leaves you. He's never going to forsake you. He's in you. He will never leave you. But that's what felt like happened. I don't know what happened there spiritually. I, I think I just gave myself over to a lie and some crap happened. I felt like I was back in my old days. And I was like so down, so drained, so, so angry at Amber. And so just like I'm so in the right in this and not willing to repent, forgive, talk about it, whatever. And the funny thing was, like, it's kind of hilarious looking back at it. This is where the chocolate comes in. I was so down that I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to just eat. And I just like, there was this block of chocolate in the cupboard and I pretty much ate the whole thing. And I just, I just don't really do that. That's not me. Like, it's not my normal thing to do. I just demolished it. I just ate my feelings, like literally just sitting there just eating. And I knew it was wrong. I knew it was stupid. But I just like... I just smashed it and it was, it was yummy, like it was good, <laughs> it was really good um, and what, I knew what was happening in that moment, I was like, I know, I know I'm not being myself, I know I'm just like totally not walking in the will of God right now, I know I'm just being stupid and so I started praying, being like, Holy Spirit, please come back, Holy Spirit, help me, God strengthen me while I was still eating it. So, because my body was just like, it was just doing its thing <laughs> and my heart was doing another thing. It was like, my heart was trying to come back to God, whereas my body just kept eating it. And I did, I did finish it, like I said. But then, I don't know, maybe like three or four hours later, like it was like a, a, a switch was just flipped and I was just back to my normal self and I was just like laughing at the whole chocolate thing. And I was like, who was that? That was not me. Like, I don't do that. And then I was just back to my normal self. And so, the reason I tell you that is, in those moments, I let my feelings lead me. And feelings like, like in those moments are so strong. Like, can I get an amen? They are so, so strong. It feels like you pretty much can't win that fight. It's like, I have to do this. And that's, that's, like, that's a lie. Like you never have to do anything. Like you always are the one with the choice. But I felt like I had to do it. 
and they caved into feelings. And feelings, like it says um, in Romans 8, uh, those who are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit. Was I led by the Spirit in that moment? Absolutely not. I was led by the flesh. And the Spirit and the flesh, I'm going to talk about that a little bit tonight, are at ends to each other. They, are, they completely oppose each other. They're not the same thing. They hate each other, <laughs> so to speak. Um, I just live fleshly. And did it help me uh, momentarily? Yes, it felt awesome to eat that chocolate. Did it help me in the long run? Not at all. I felt sick afterwards, as you can imagine. And then it didn't help us with the fight. Like eventually we sorted it out, sure, but like that, the chocolate didn't help in that. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of my opening story. So you guys know I'm definitely not perfect and you can, you can, I can just see in that story, I always tell people about it because I'm just like, without the Holy Spirit, I'm seriously a mess. Like I'm actually so lost that within a few minutes, I just go straight to the cupboard and start eating my feelings. Like that shows how like messed up I was like naturally without him. But then he, he puts his spirit inside of me and I, and I follow him and now it's so much better. Like so, so, so much better. And that's a real physical, tangible, like uh, measurable thing. Like it's not just this idea. I used to physically do these things now I physically don't. Something happened there. That's a big like, I don't know. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, yeah, so, okay. I wrote this down because I thought it was kind of a cool word. My old ways were dealing with spiritual, issue, spiritual issues with physical solutions. Does that make sense? I had a spiritual uh, wrong where I was just basically not following God, I was following myself. And what was my solution? Food. <laughs> that could be anything. You put anything in there. Like, uh, I, I need to have sleep right now or I need to go and do this thing. I, I can't think of examples, but you know what I mean. All right, so open up your Bibles. Galatians 5. Galatians 5, starting from verse 16. I'm on ESV if you guys got your apps. Galatians 5. Galatians 5, 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is what I was just talking about. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. That, that ties back into last week, right? That's how, you, that's how you're free from the law, following the spirit through grace. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, Highlight that one, please. Sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, lol, enmity, strife, <laughs> jealousy, fits of anger. Sorry, I shouldn't say lol. That's actually a real thing. Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness. <laughs> it's lots of things of the flesh. Orgies and things like these. Just in case he didn't mention your one. <laughs> I, I, I warn you. As I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, I like crucified, with its passions and desires. What a passage. Um, I'm not going to co- go too deep into that. That's just to kind of give you a backdrop of what I want to touch on tonight. But basically, you are spirit, but you are also, like, you're, a, you're spirit, soul, and body, I believe. Spirit, soul, and body. You've you got three parts. Uh, your body is your physical flesh. So when you, re- when you read flesh, think physical, think body. But flesh isn't always bad. Like, who knows, taking care of your body is not a bad thing. Like getting good amount of sleep, probably a good thing to do. <laughs> but those things that are listed off there, those are the parts of the body that are not of God. And so those are the parts of the body that were crucified. How many of you know if you crucified it, it's dead. <laughs> it's not dying. It's not wounded. You're not in a battle with it. It's dead. You guys understand that? Big, big, big difference. You've got to see yourself as someone who has had their flesh crucified <laughs> with Jesus on the cross dead your flesh is dead so then you go okay but what about all these things I still feel like I have sexual immorality in me I have this and that the temptation is always going to be there but the way you defeat that is by knowing believing and receiving that the flesh is dead and the spirit is very alive in Christ does that make sense once again you just receive truth it's so simple you just did I do anything there aside from read the Bible and say that's for me did I add anything of my own thoughts? I just said, the flesh is crucified and I'm walking by the Spirit. That's the answer that you're looking for. Usually the answers that you're looking for are way more simple than you think. You think you need some deep theological jump here, jump there <laughs> thing. You don't. You just need God loves me, I'm walking by faith, have the Spirit of God in me. That'll do like 99% of all you need to do. <laughs> just that simple stuff. It's so simple. Like it's made for children to understand, right? Hey Jess, <laughs> sorry, that just shocked me. <laughs> All right, keep going. Instructions. Um, uh, where was I? Yes. Okay. So the reason I said before that I want to bring up this topic tonight, based upon our culture, is because if you think about it, our culture, like hands up, honestly, if you if you've grown up in Australia. If not a first world country, because it's mostly the sort of, yeah, pretty much everyone, I imagine. We grow up in a society where every single fleshly need that you have, there is probably a product or a service out there to meet that need. If I'm slightly above the comfortable temperature that I like, I start complaining and whining and I've gone for aircon and put the fans on me. You go to Africa for like a second and no one there is complaining. See the, see the environment we grow up in? Every time you have a second of a need, any sort of feeling, there's a need for it. Hungry, food in the fridge, straight away. Don't have to think about it. Don't have to go out and kill a boar and then roast it for eight hours. That's what other people have to do. We go, fridge. It's like, oh my gosh. Tired, you want to chill? iPad. Get, get in your bed. You want to watch something on, on the internet? Everything's for free, pretty much. YouTube, like you can just spend your whole life on there, right? Um, what else? You, you guys hear what I'm saying though, right? Like every single fleshly need that you have, every single physical need, pretty much 
can be met almost instantaneously. Can you see how that would raise a certain type of people? <laughs> that if you lived in a third world country, they'd be at odds. Does that make sense? Like, th they would have continuous fleshly physical needs and have nothing to satisfy it. Hungry? Oh, sorry, there's no food. You might have to wait till next week. And you live in that. That's your reality. You're living in the fact that you're not having needs met consistently. You grow up in that environment, that develops a certain strength in you. Like I'm just speaking purely logically and naturally here, but that, that develops a certain strength in people. When they grow up with feelings inside of them that they want to get met and they can't meet it, they learn to push through it anyway. We sort of don't learn that because we never really have to. We just kind of go for the thing, the product or the service. Like that's how businesses are made over here. It's like you meet a need, you meet some sort of fleshly need. Even, even sex, right? Prostitution. Like even that, there's a business for. Like everything you need, like it's right here. You know what I mean? It, you grow up in a way, like if you've got a feeling, you've got you to gotta, you gotta get rid of that straight away by whatever you're craving. That's how we grow up, that's how we think. So then Jesus comes in, right, into your life. And you give your life to God. What happens if you don't re rewire the way that you think with how the culture's raised you? Well, then you'll live a completely... That's why I told you to highlight sensuality in that, in that passage. You'll live a completely sensual life. Because senses is like your, all your senses, your sight, your hearing, your touch, whatever. You'll live, you'll live completely out of what you feel like you should do. That makes sense? And someone goes, how's your relationship with God going? Like, oh, it's not feeling him at the moment. It's like, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> He's always there. And it's such a normal answer to hear that. I'm not feeling him at the moment. Because that's, that's many of ours experience. That was my experience today. I literally woke up, zero reality feeling of God in my life. But I, I'm so like putting, putting my feelings before God every single day going, you know what? I don't care that I don't feel you right now. And I don't care that the last thing I want to do right now is worship you and lift my hands and praise you. I only care about your truth and I know your truth and your truth says you're in my heart as close as you can possibly get. Maybe God's not just a feeling. Maybe God's a person who's just with you. And, and in, in different cultures, let's say, um, I don't want to stereotype different cultures, but I think they a lot of different cultures like especially first world cultures are much more disciplined than us because of just their environment like even if you go over to i've been to japan they um are very very hard working very uh, work focused it's quite a stressful life over in japan but they are super disciplined they they just will do something you know what i mean we um and are about what's my calling what do i feel like i want to do give back to the world I just don't feel like I belong at this job. I'm still working it out. Just like, to some extent, you gotta just like buckle down and just go for it. Like you're gonna have to deal with stuff that you, you're not gonna feel like is right. Just, just go for it. And this fully applies for your faith because you, I guarantee you, you're gonna have days where you literally feel like Satan's closer than God. You know what I mean? What are you gonna do when those days hit? Yeah. Are you gonna go, oh crap, what door did I open? 
what what did I watch last night that's let this thing happen? And you start analyzing. How about you just go, God's with me right now. He'll always be with me. He loves me. See how simple it is? So simple, but we live sensual a lot of the time. We live by feelings. All right. <laughs> so good. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so yeah, like... That's just what I've seen, especially in my own life. Like it's for everyone, right? Like we've all grown up in this environment. It's for everyone. Everyone goes through this. But I've seen it in so many other people's lives as well. And I'm not judging anyone, but I, I speak some truth and it doesn't hit them in the right way. And they go, yeah, but it's just not right. It's just like, bro, like, do you see that that thing, whatever that thing was that made you go like that is stopping you from receiving truth? Like, and I understand that like, like you can't force a revelation or you can't force yourself to be in a good place with God. But... It doesn't have to be always like this amazing feeling for every single piece of truth. Sometimes truth can just be simple and there's no feeling to it at all. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can go to worship night and not feel anything at all and it, it wasn't any different to last week. You know, spiritually speaking, you know what I mean? God's still there. You still worship God. You still gave, all, like, gave your all. But how much do we when we start feeling the presence of God give all more like, oh, you are here and we just start like going nuts on it. See, it just proves that it was sensual. And we just, we just got to see that that's how we think and we can't think like that anymore in the kingdom yeah. because otherwise sensuality rules you and the Holy Spirit doesn't. And if you don't feel something, like you won't walk into it because that's how you've been trained your whole life. So it's just a mindset. It's just a way of thinking. If I don't feel it, I'm not going to do it. We live so sensual. We live so based on our feelings. And that's why you're transformed by the renewing of your mind because the mindset is what keeps you away from God. And when you, when, when you uh, lay down even your thoughts and your minds and your feelings and everything before God, He transforms you. He, like He gives you the mind of Christ. He gives you Jesus' thoughts in your own mind. That's what the mind of Christ is. It can't mean possibly anything else. <laughs> Not that I can imagine. And then you start thinking like Him. And then you're set free because truth sets you free. And even when feelings come, you go, no, sorry, I got truth. Mm. <sighs> so good. Um, Cool. Now, I just want to say, first of all, that feelings are not bad. Like, God's emotional. Like, you were created emotional for a reason. Feelings are actually amazing. I love feelings. I, I'm all about feelings. I feel a lot every single day. I just don't submit to them. Or at least that's my goal. I never, ever get led by my feelings. Um, and I, I feel like it's the same with God. Like, Jesus... He cries and he, and he sweats with anxiety and stress at one point in the Bible. Does it mean he's given in to anxiety? No. But his body's like reacting out of it. We're going to touch on this in a second. God the Father feels and he's grieved and he's sad and he's angry. Like, is it all, like if that's of God, it's good. Do you get that? God's good. Ang anger is not a bad thing. Unrighteous anger is. Selfish anger is. I'm angry because you did something to me and I'm hurt because of that. And da 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 That's not God. 100%. But anger because someone else is being hurt and you're angry on, on behalf of them, that's a good and right and godly thing. Um, and the Holy Spirit grieves. Like God feels. You know what I mean? He's just not led by feelings. Like if he was, like if he felt something different about you today, he might not love you tomorrow. And I'm so glad he's not <laughs> submitting to his own feelings. Let's say maybe he doesn't fluctuate like we do. That's probably just a bad thing to assume. But let's just say he did. I'm terrified <laughs> yeah. because like 
if, if what I did made him feel a certain way, and I, let's say I screwed up, I made him feel a certain way and he acted out of that, I'm terrified. But I know because he's, he's just so solid on who he is and his word and his truth that he will never not love me. And I can rest in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Unless you're like just about to wrap up the point or something. No, man. About to start a new one, so it's good timing. With the feeling scene, just for me, like, I'm just sort of thinking, like, a lot of the time, and you can all probably picture it, like, someone will say, oh, I feel like God's saying this, and, like, you just said that you felt that. Um, and also, like, um, God can use feelings. Like, I know you're not disregarding feelings. Yep. But, like, you know, if he makes you feel like you've got a really painful shoulder sometimes there could be someone around that needs yeah, prayer totally, on the shoulder. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah, when, when do we follow the feelings and when do we follow... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Such a good question, bro. I'm so glad you asked that. It's literally, I was five seconds away from getting into that. So it's like perfect timing. Yeah, I um, feel the Holy Spirit on that. Yeah. <laughs> You're just my segue. Thanks, bro. Um, my answer to those questions always is the life of Jesus. Always, always, always the life of Jesus. You just watch his... His, his life is... Wait, I wrote this down. Because Jesus' life is our model of being conformed to His image. His Spirit is inside of us. We no longer live, but He lives in us and He's our revealed value. So you watch His life and you go, oh, that's what I should be living like. It's just so simple. You know what I mean? And you can see, like, he, he's, he's emotional in many different parts of the Gospels. And I'm about to read out three of them. I'm going to show you how He deals with His emotions. Um, but that's such a good question. But my answer is the life of Jesus. How did Jesus respond to feelings? Even, like, the most hectic, deep, Probably feelings we've never experienced, I would imagine. Like some of the some of the passages are so intense, I can't even imagine what he was feeling. Anyway, we're gonna get there. But um, yeah, so open your Bible to John eleven. Verse twenty-eight. Now, a bit of context here. Um, Lazarus, one of Jesus' friends, has just died. And Jesus and his disciples are on his way to get him back up again. And by the time that Jesus gets to Lazarus, Lazarus is four days dead. Um, in Jewish culture, that, they actually believe that after three days, the spirit leaves the body. So I believe Jesus was using this as an opportunity to not only raise Lazarus from the dead, but also teach his disciples that even in the most like, incredible circumstances where you feel like it's not going to happen, you still believe. And so Jesus actually intentionally waits two days longer before going to the village of Bethany, I think it's called, um, in order that they might know that. Because if it was two days, they'd be like, oh, well, maybe the spirit's still in the body. So that's why he got up. Jesus intentionally waits two days longer, gets there late on purpose to teach his disciples and those watching something about himself. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to jump in the middle. So verse 28, uh, this is Jesus talking to Lazarus's sisters, uh, Mary and Martha. So when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. When she heard it, she rose and quickly went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise and quickly go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. 
Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Highlight this next verse. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit, and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he, he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, as a third time, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around me, that they may believe that you have sent me. See how other person-centered he is? When he said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Now, three points in that passage there. It says Jesus is deeply moved, Jesus weeps, and then Jesus is deeply moved again. Like, he's obviously super impacted by this death. And I think maybe not even just this death, but also, like, I personally think he's quite sad about the unbelief around him because everyone's like, if only you'd been here, or you could have done this, or if only da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, did I not tell you that if you... Like, if you believe in me, you'll see it. I am the resurrection and the life. That's what he says a few sentences before we just read. I think he's, like, because the other word it uses there is indignant. He's, like, he's upset in almost like an angry kind of way at people. So, he's, and also, it doesn't say he cried or got teary. It says he wept. You ever seen someone weeping? It's, like, it's not the most pretty sight. I mean, yeah. Like, weeping's pretty hectic. Like, you're crying a lot. And you're, he's, he's obviously quite moved by this. But what does he do? And this is what I'm trying to point, point out. Is that he is feeling this. Like the death of one of his best friends. Whom he knows he's about to raise, by the way. He's feeling this. He's crying, weeping. Does he get moved from the truth at, like, at all? Like he just... It's like the feelings are there. But they have zero impact on what he's about to do. He just keeps going, Father, I thank you that you have heard me and you always hear me. Lazarus, come out. It's that simple. And then Lazarus gets up and comes out. Crazy. <laughs> um, do you guys get that? Yeah. <laughs> it's, he's trying to teach you here that no matter the circumstance, you don't move. No matter what you feel or what you've experienced. Or, and like this raises a really interesting question for me. Like, really, really interesting. Because Jesus waited four days. When's the, where's the limit? Yeah, whoa. And even the way he speaks, does he even speak about limits like that? Like, that actually blows my mind. Because I'm just like, what does that actually mean Like for people that have passed away now? I don't know. Personally, I don't know. I'm just saying that the way that Jesus speaks is that he doesn't speak with limits on that, on that sort of stuff. But the point I'm trying to make here is that He's unmoved. He's so unmoved and he's feeling so deeply. And that's who you are. You can feel so deeply and not be moved at all. Not even slightly. 
Not, not, not for one second taking your eyes off the goal. I'm going there. I'm going to raise him from the dead. The power of God's with me. Um, Luke 22, 39. They get more hectic as we go. Sorry, 22, uh, yeah, Luke 22, verse 39 to 44. And he came out and went, as was his custom, this is Jesus, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed saying, please highlight this verse too, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven, awesome, strengthening him. And being in agony, man, you can seriously highlight all these verses. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground bit of context here. Um, this is the night before Jesus is handed over. I mean, sorry, this is the night of Jesus being handed over to the guards to be crucified. He knows what's coming. He's known it his whole life, his whole ministry. The, he says, Father, remove this cup from me. I was pretty confused about that for a while, but the cup is actually the cup of the wrath of God. So if you go back and look into the Old Testament, especially in Isaiah, I think it's around the 50s chapters. I can't remember, 54 maybe. It talks about the cup of God's wrath. Now, Jesus knows that he has to drink this cup of God's wrath in order to connect back with us. So just so you know, Jesus absorbed our punishment, took our place, and then gave us his place, the righteousness of God, family of God, son of God. We did a swap. Thank you, Jesus. You're amazing. <laughs> um, he's the night before this. And he's actually so moved by how hectic this is, we can never imagine what he's going through right now. Impossible, because no human would ever have to face this. He's absorbing the punishment, the wrath of God for the entire world. I can't even go there. I'm not going to bother. But it's the most hectic thing anyone's ever gone through, I personally believe. That's why he is so moved in anxiety and stress. So I'm not saying Jesus is submitting to anxiety here. I'm just saying his body is simply reacting out of the situation that's going on. That his sweat... Um, he's actually sweating blood and that that's I've heard that's actually a condition that only very few people will ever get to as in it's that rare that you're in such a horrible deep traumatizing situation of anxiety and stress that you're you actually start to sweat blood and that's where Jesus was at <laughs> and what does he do <laughs> father what does he say verse 42 father if you are willing Remove this cup from me. He's honest with God. He goes, God, I actually don't want to do this to some extent. He does want to do it because he loves us. But he's actually, he's, he's facing the reality of what's about to happen here. God the Father and God the Son basically about to, I don't even know what happens spiritually, but like separate for the first time ever. Like the Son um, absorbs all the wrath the, the only innocent man to ever live <laughs> absorbs all the wrath for the people that aren't innocent. Incredible. Um, the next sentence. Nevertheless, though, not my will, but yours be done. 
that's what you do. <laughs> Father, take this situation from me. Take this thing from me. Take whatever it is in your life that's causing you such horrible stress, anxiety, whatever. Take it from me. Nevertheless, your will be done. I trust you. I submit myself to you. Your truth leads my life, not how I feel right now, as deep as that may be. See, Jesus is actually honest within himself enough to acknowledge that he is so deeply feeling this. Like, I think this is like one of the only places where he's, he's sort of almost asking for something that's outside of the will of God, but he's not, but he is. He knows it's his will, but he's just being honest. He's like, Father, if there's any other way, <laughs> if there's any other way, and the Father's like, I love you, you know there's not. If we want our people, you're going to have to do this. And he goes, your will be done. <laughs> Drinks the cup. <laughs> Come on. Um, wow. Um, he submits to truth. You guys see what I'm saying here? Truth, not feelings. Truth, not feelings. Truth, not feelings. All I'm really trying to get you to do is receive the word. Things come up. They get in the way. Feelings is one of them. Submit to truth. That's it. It's, it's not simple in terms of like, oh, come on, why aren't you doing it? But it's basic. It's not a deep truth. It's not a deep thing you have to start analyzing. You can do it. God's not going to ask you to do something you cannot do. All right. But he'll help you. Um, next page, please. Luke 23. Maybe not necessarily next page. It is next page for me. Um, verse 32. This is hectic. Um, two others. So this is, sorry, Luke 23, 32. Two others were who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. So they're being taken up to the cross. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his left, uh, sorry, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Please highlight that too. You really have to go there in your mind right now. You really have to go there. Jesus, the only innocent person who has been slandered by everyone you can imagine, abandoned by all his friends. Yeah, actually, close your eyes. I'm close my eyes too slandered by everyone for doing nothing but loving and healing people and driving out demons, being called a son of the devil when he's actually the son of, the God, the son of God, loving people everywhere he goes and convicting people of truth, comes completely selflessly to, to make a people for God, to bring them into the family of God. He submits to this plan that has obviously caused him such deep anxiety that he's sweating blood these people have no idea what he's doing. They are crucifying him, mocking him, spitting on him, whipping him. And Jesus is so selfless and so others-centered that he goes, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You can open your eyes. <laughs> How much do you have to understand what love is to, to get to a place like that? Where you go, Father, forgive them. Like these dudes, he's dying for them. You realize that, right? The guys that are whipping him and spitting on him, he's dying for them. And he's praying for their forgiveness. He doesn't think about himself as someone who has needs. That's his freedom. He's not going up. He didn't come to earth for anything to get anything. Go read Isaiah 53. 
he did this for Al, he did this for Al, he did this for Al. There's no, he did this so he could be a king and everyone could worship him. No, that's not his motivation. It never ever is. <laughs> he's he's others-centered. He's you, he's you-centered, actually. And he wants you to become him-centered. And in so doing, you actually learn what love is. Because love is not a feeling. Love is when you deny yourself and you seek the best in the other person. That's why God is three in one. Because if he was just one, he could not be love. Impossible. Because love is selfless. And that's why the Father talks about the Son. The Son talks about the Spirit. Spirit talks about the Son. But they never talk about themselves. You know what I mean? They just build each other up in love continually. And they call you into that. And that's where freedom is. Can you say, <laughs> Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Are you kidding me? Who does that when they're getting crucified? And about to, and the crucifixion is not even the big part of the deal. The drinking the wrath of God is the big part of the deal. <laughs> yeah. The crucifixion, thousands of people got crucified. No one reacted like he did. Where he was so moved and sweating blood. Like maybe some did, for sure. But the fact is, there was something much bigger on his mind rather than nails being driven into him. That would have hurt, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. It's one of the most painful ways to die. But he's focused on his people. It says, oh, wait, let me read that. It just came to mind. Oh, this is good. Thank you, Jesus. See, Holy Spirit just brings me things. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run the endurance, let's, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, Jesus found your faith and is perfecting it, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, um, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him. What's the joy set before him? He's being led to the cross. The joy set before him is you guys. <laughs> he can finally put his spirit inside of you, give you life, and then draw you into relationship. That's his motivation. And that's why he can pray, Father, forgive them. They know not, they know not what they do. Because that's what he's thinking about. He's not thinking about, oh crap, he come the hammer and the nails. Oh my gosh, tense, tense, quick. Ah, He's not thinking that. He's thinking you. He's thinking the church. He's thinking his people. He's thinking the kingdom of God. He's thinking his wedding day. We're the bride of Christ. He's so excited. The joy set before him. It's you guys. That's why he's so serious about this stuff. Because he's like, this is it. Like, this is what connects you to me. What I'm doing here connects you to me. Receive my word. Just believe me. Believe me at my word. Oh. <laughs> Do you guys get what I'm saying? Oh. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. They don't know what they're doing, God. Please forgive them. They might find out one day. They might change their mind. They might regret this. Paul did. Paul's a Pharisee terrorist what if Jesus didn't see him as Paul but just kept seeing him as Saul see Jesus always saw him as Paul even though he was being a Saul for I don't know 30 40 years I don't know how old he was a long time a leading Pharisee killing people killing people from the church Jesus shows up to him and goes why are you persecuting me because Jesus goes these people are me and I am these people we are one <laughs> one in spirit but, but God saw Paul. God saw a guy who could write the New Testament. <laughs> yeah. And 
and but we see a terrorist. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting distracted now. But you guys see what I'm saying? He's so other-centered. He's so... Oh, it's so good. That's where freedom lies, guys, in love. We haven't even touched on love yet, but we're going to spend some time on love because love is awesome. <laughs> love is the most freeing thing on this earth because you no longer start, you no longer see yourself as someone who has needs to be met and you don't go out seeking and searching for them to be met. You realize that you're someone who was created to lay themselves down and to think about other people and God all the time. Every single moment of every single day. And that's where Jesus goes, if you lose your life, you'll find it. That's where you actually find your life. You will never find it otherwise. It's like a trick. <laughs> you have to give it up to get it. Jesus is like, you have to sow money to receive money. It's always backwards. You have to go down to go up. You know what I mean? You've got to humble yourself to, in order, if you want to lead. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. It's always backwards. Jesus is always against the world. He humbles the, the small person, which the world looks down on. So good. All right, I'm getting distracted again, but this is all good, right? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Any questions so far? No one? Awesome. Um, so good. Okay. Now, his, that's what Jesus did. And I, I hope that answers your question as well, Brad, about like what feelings are right. The feelings that Jesus experienced are the right ones. And the ones that we mentioned in Galatians 5 are the wrong ones. You know what I mean? There's stuff that brings life and stuff that brings death. Like there's, there's a good part of the flesh and there's a bad part of the flesh. Like Ephesians 5 says, nurture your own flesh. You know what I mean? But then it says elsewhere, kill your flesh. So it's like, you've got to know which part of the flesh you're dealing with. Anyway, um, here's what we do. And I'm just, I'm purely putting examples out there just so that I can convict you guys or Holy Spirit can convict you guys and go, yeah, you know what? I do do that. I've got to let go of that. That's actually holding me back from knowing God and being closer to Him. We pray for a feeling of peace rather than peace with God. I just don't feel His peace. Where is He? I just feel so rocked right now. I just feel like He's not, not near me. I just feel like I'm, I'm all over the place. I don't have clarity. Just pray for me to get that feeling. Please pray for me. I just want to feel peace again. I felt it before. I know it can be a thing. I just want to have it every single day. Bro, I legit don't have that every day. But I always have peace in here. Always. Except when I submit to lies, which is getting rarer. Praise Jesus. <laughs> but... Um, Peace is not, this, is not a feeling. You know what I mean? Love's not a feeling. All this stuff's not feelings. You know what I mean? It's, it's a reality. I have peace with God and I receive that for myself. I'm at peace. Like peace is the absence of worry. I don't have anything to worry about. Finances, no. Kids, no. Like marriage, no. Like God's got this. I trust Him. I'm at rest. I'm at peace every single day. We go, just pray that I can feel peace. It's like, bro, that, like, okay, if you really want me to, I can, but it's going to leave. It always does. Feelings always come and go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Um, if, so, uh, if peace isn't just a feeling, then what does it mean to pursue and eagerly desire peace? Because I think it says that in Proverbs. Like, I think I was reading it yesterday. Cool. That it is saying that, um, like, run after and eagerly desire peace. Mm. So, if, God, like, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace and He lives in us, oh, <laughs> yeah, answered your own question. <laughs> you good? Does anyone else want me to try and give a go at that like question? Yeah, no, it's alright. Yeah, no, that's so cool. That's awesome. 
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Holy Spirit, beat me to it. <laughs> um, all right, we also, we pray. So you guys know the difference between happiness and joy? Anyone ever heard anyone talk about that? Happiness is when things are going well in your life. Like, and everyone's searching after happiness, right? Like, I, I want happiness. Like, everyone wants, wants happiness. But joy is when everything goes bad or when everything's going good and you still have this, like, smooth sailing, peaceful heart. Always, no matter what, right? We pray for the circumstances to go swell. <laughs> We're like, I want, God, i got no money right now. Can, can I have some money right now? God, I need a job. I don't have clarity about where I'm going to work. Like, it's all, it's, a lot of the time we just pray circumstances. And like, it's not wrong to pray that. But if you only pray that, I don't think you get joy. I think you just want happiness. And happiness is when everything's going well around you. And um, praise God, I feel like I'm in a situation, like a place in my life right now where I have both. But I guarantee you happiness will leave. It always leaves. Yeah. Like, haven't you, have you guys learned that by now? It always leaves. Guarantee it. Situations go bad. They just do. Like, it's not smooth sailing every single day. You might have seasons of it. Praise God for that. But also praise God when you don't have it because you have joy. Yeah. yeah. What's the difference between happiness and joy? Yeah, so basically what I was just saying, like the happiness is when circumstances are going well. Mm-hmm. And joy is, like I've heard this said before about joy, I quite like it. Joy is peace that's loud and peace is joy that's quiet. So they're kind of like, yeah. I think Bill Johnson said that. I like that. <laughs> and um, I think it's just like your heart's at rest all the time because you're trusting God. But then that might explode into worship and dancing and, and lols and whatever. Like that's joy. And that, that's pu- it's purely without circumstance, regardless of your circumstance. You know what I mean? You could be like, your spouse could pass away. You could have no money. You could be on the street. You could have uh, no legs. You could still have joy. Like probably not happiness, like in that situation, but you can have joy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's all right. One, one thing I've yeah, man. Maybe it's just the word for me, but contrary to joy, um, is the like we we tend to pray a lot of for provision, but not for peace. And yeah. I heard, heard a long time ago, like, you can pray for provision, but if you have the peace in your heart to receive to receive that, then you're not going to realise that you've been provided for anyway. Yeah, wow. And I saw that, that verse, um, Philippians? Uh, it is, the, the, the joy of having peace in, uh, peace in every each and every situation. Yeah. So no matter what yeah. is going on, you're content. So, so good. So I think, I don't know, maybe that's like another side of joy as well, like being content. No yeah, oh, exactly, yeah. exactly. Content no matter what's going on. Yeah. Like Paul's like saying rejoice, rejoice while he's in chains. Like, yeah. you know, he wrote half the Bible while he's in prison. Like that's not a happy situation. It never is. <laughs> like, but for him, he chose, he chose to have joy there. And he did. Because that was his decision. Um, so good. All right. Let's hit some more. Sleep and tiredness. Now, who knows that sleep's a good thing? Who knows that God gives you sleep? Who knows, who knows that when you have a good sleep, praise God. But it ain't cool when we go, I would, be, I would be up for this, I would be up for that, I would be loving right now, I would be at peace right now, but I'm just so tired. I'm just, I just can't handle it. You know what I mean? I'm not condemning anyone that's tired, by the way. Like, I get tired every day. But don't use that as an excuse to go, I feel this way, therefore I da-da-da-da-da. See, feelings led you again. I feel this way, therefore I'm going to keep on doing what I always do and just submit to truth. 
That's the goal, regardless of how tired you are. And you watch, you do that, you'll get, you'll get freaking energy. Like, <laughs> I, like, I used to get so tired. Like, I had bags under my eyes. Jess, you went to school with me. I was tired, right? I don't know if you remember that. I was just tired all the time. Um, there you go. See, I'm not lying, guys. <laughs> I was just tired all the time. But I, I honestly feel like Holy Spirit's giving me energy. Like there's actually verses that talk about that, the spirit that works energy in you. You know what I mean? Man, it's amazing. Like just don't don't submit to those those fleshly things like I'm tired, therefore I have to da 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 da. No, you don't. You always get a decision. Yes, go to sleep if you can have that opportunity. But don't let it be an excuse for the flesh and just do what you want and just like Oh, I'm just gonna, you know what I mean? I'm just gonna not love this person. I'm just gonna leave early tonight. I'm just gonna whatever. I'm not condemning anyone. You know, I'm not, that's why I preached last week, right? There's no condemnation. There's no shoulds. There's only opportunity of what God can work through you. So don't be condemned if you're feeling tired right now. Like, that's fine. What I'm, what I'm saying is the big point. Don't submit to tiredness over submitting to God. Because we do that. I do that sometimes. You know what I mean? All right. Oh, here's a good one. Hangry. <laughs> I'm hungry therefore I'm da 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 and you let your personality be, be determined by your hunger levels like seriously let's go back to our culture for a second here we miss one meal and we're just like oh I'm starving it's like no you're not <laughs> bro you go to any third world country a lot of them haven't eaten in weeks do they let that determine their like their level of joy no often they don't <laughs> we do though we've even invented a word for it hangry i'm hungry therefore i'm angry it's like your hunger doesn't determine who you are like you're led by god you're led by the holy spirit you guys see what i'm saying um all right let's get a bit more deep with this when you're angry at other people you're hurt you're constantly hurt by what other people have done to you, right? If you let that, and that's not, that might not even be a bad thing, that you're angry at something bad that's happened. Like, that's not, like I said before, anger is not a bad thing. But if you're angry at someone because they've done something to you, they've offended you, they've done this to you, you're letting that guide you instead of God, instead of truth. Like that anger, as much as it feels like it's the right thing to do, it's actually keeping you in slavery. Paul writes, don't let the sun go down on your anger lest you give the devil a foothold into your life. Be, be at peace with everyone as much as you possibly can. As much as you possibly can, be at peace. I'm not saying invite them over to your house if they've done something horrible to you. I'm saying forgive them in your heart. Yeah. Call the police if you have to. If they've done something horrible, I'm not saying forgive them and just be like, oh, it's fine what you did. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is when you let them go and you go, you know what, God, I really hope good stuff happens for them. And you'll be up and you watch Holy Spirit move in those moments. He loves those moments because you finally get at least a little bit more how much you've been forgiven. Otherwise, you'll forget. And then you'll get proud and self-righteous and feel like they shouldn't have done that to me. Yeah, you're right. They shouldn't have. Doesn't mean that you can submit to that from now on. You've got to let that go. Maybe even if that's an issue for you right now, if, for any, anyone here, think in your heart who that person is that you just, you know you haven't let that, let that person go. And then right now or later on whatever be at peace with them say you know what god that was wrong that was totally not cool but i forgive them i'm not going to walk around hurt anymore because it's actually hurting me more than anyone more than that person i think it's hurting them but it's actually not it's actually just hurting me driving me away from god so i forgive them i forgive them 
and then you go to sleep. That's how you do it. <laughs> That's how you don't let the sun go down in your anger. Be at peace with people. I'm not saying solve every situation right now. Like me and Amber have had so many like little things that we should have solved at night or we thought we should have solved at night. And we stayed up trying to figure it out. It's like, I don't think it's what that verse is talking about. I think it's like, be at peace when you go to bed. Even if you don't see, you're not seeing eye to eye. Sweet. That's okay. Deal with it tomorrow when you're fresh and it's not like 1 a.m. and you're just like tearing each other apart. Like, go, go, go to sleep at peace in your heart and say, you know what? Let's figure this out tomorrow. Love you. We're, we're, not, we're not cool right now with this situation. I'm, I'm acknowledging that. But let's just, let's just go to sleep. That's what you do. Anyway. Um... Here's another one. We feel let down by God because he didn't show up how we expected. And then we live out of that bitterness towards him the rest of our lives. You pray and pray and pray and pray and pray for that job. You don't get it. It's like, oh my goodness. I thought you were here for me. I thought you loved me. And you just start defining God by what happened. Like, please don't do that. God's, like, God's your father. Trust him. <laughs> He's got you. You know what I mean? Even if things didn't work out exactly as you wanted them to, it's like, well, they should have. Well, should they have? Like, if we, if everything worked out exactly how they wanted, wanted them, how we wanted it to, I don't think we'd ever grow into the mature people that God's making us to be. See, God's got His eyes set on Jesus, right? He's making us into the image of Jesus. You're gonna have to go through some trials if you want to get there. It's not smooth sailing, unfortunately. I'm not saying God brings evil to destroy your life. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying is that. When Jesus was anointed for ministry, where did he go? Straight to the, to the desert, by, led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted. Now, God didn't tempt him. The devil did, but God led him there. Didn't he? Anyway. Um, oh, this one happened to me today. You, you can just, like, you just wake up and you're just off. Anyone experience that? Everyone experience that? Like, you're just off. You just, you, there's no, no even reason for it. Like, you had a great sleep. You had awesome dreams. Yeah, you went to bed at like before 10. And you just like, and you woke up at the right time, like before your alarm, and you just wake up and you're just off. Like everything circumstantially went right, and you're just off. And then, like I see this sometimes in myself and in other people, you walk into work and you, you can just tell someone's off, and just like, what happened? It's just like, oh, just not feeling good today. It's just like, oh, that sucks. That's going to define you for the rest of the day. That's going to define what you do the rest of the day. Like, I wish there was a level higher than that where you could feel that and then still not have to act out of that. Mm -hmm. Like every time you're speaking to customers or clients, you're just like, yeah, I'm just blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you guys relate to that if you're at work or whatever, but that's kind of my reality. But like, <laughs> you guys know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, it's just a feeling. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge it and say, you know what, God, I feel crap today. He goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> he knows you feel crap. <laughs> he didn't give you that feeling but I'm sure he's interested in seeing what you're going to do with it. Are you going to praise God in that moment? Or are you going to go, you know what, I actually feel like reading my Bible today. Maybe tomorrow. Living by senses. Anyway, keep going. I want to hit as many of these as I can because they're good. Um, oh, yeah, this is a good one. You're in a relationship. And then, oh, this is actually huge for our culture. You're in a relationship, right? And then all of a sudden, you just stop feeling it for the other person. And then the world goes, oh, you're falling out of love. Like it's an accidental thing. <laughs> like love is this thing, like you get hit by Cupid's arrow. It's like, oh, I just love that person. And then you fall out of it one day. It's like, sorry, the arrow just, I don't know, it left. <laughs> sorry, bro, not my fault. 
Um, that's not how it works, bro. Like, love, <laughs> love's not a feeling. You can have the feeling of love, but love in itself is not a feeling. Love is self-sacrifice for the other person, and that's where you find joy, like I said before. Yeah, man, hit me. Jeremiah 17, 19. Come on. Um, the heart filled is deceitful beyond people. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond pure. Who can understand it? Mm. You know. So yeah. If you follow your heart in a relationship and you're going into these kind of lovey-dovey feelings, mm. it might not always be there. And mm. that's this Hollywood kind of version of love. Yeah, totally, but, totally. Um, like one, one, one thing that my brother said at my wedding was um, you love who you choose and you choose who you love. So love is Beautiful. as much a choice as it is a feeling. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. And you know what happens when you do choose it? Usually the feeling comes. Yeah. Oh, that's been my experience. There's been several times, I reckon at least five to ten times in me and Amber's relationship where I've stopped feeling it. It's just gone. I don't know what happened. And at first, I actually did kind of submit to it. I was like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it right now. Like, maybe something's wrong. Maybe I did. I don't know what's going on. Maybe she's just like not praying enough or I, I don't know. Little things that like, come into my mind like that. I'm just like, now I'm just like, bro, it's a feeling. Like, get out of here. <laughs> just, I'm going to love you anyway. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you build a good relationship, for sure. Um, that's a good one. You get touched by God, right? And you have this feeling of just like, oh man, he touched me. And it's just like amazing God's presence. And then... It, it stays around for a while and then it leaves. And you remember what it felt like. You remember it being the most amazing thing ever. And then when it leaves, you go, oh, did God leave with it? Like, be honest, we think that, don't we? <laughs> I think that sometimes. Like, oh, I'm not. Sometimes when I'm praying, I'll get a feeling of God and then I'll start praying harder. So I'm like, oh, you actually are listening to this one. Well, then in that case, da 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 da. <laughs> I seriously do that. That's sensuality. That's living by my senses. <laughs> Senses, you know what I mean? But be careful with that because the touches of God are amazing. But if you go chasing those touches, you'll be a lost individual in a holy environment. You'll be at churches, conferences, sermons, praises, waiting for that touch of God. What if God is like, yeah, he enjoys touching you, you know what I mean? But he also wants you to get to a place where you don't need that in order to be okay. <laughs> Maybe that's strength. Maybe that's, you know, him perfecting and growing your faith, right? Would, would, would Jesus, imagine if Jesus woke up one day and just wasn't feeling it. Would he just go home? You know what, guys? It's been three years. We don't, I'm just not feeling it anymore. See ya. We, to, we totally do that. Like with like church plans or Bible studies. Like, you know what? I, just, I was feeling it at first. Just like, I think it's just left now. I think it's just, I think we're done here. We're good. And like maybe sometimes, honestly, truthfully speaking, God will put a, a legitimate thing on your heart. That's wrong. I, I know Iggy had that. Like he was leading a study and then he actually felt like God was like, the, the, I want this, this season to end. That was a good God feeling, totally. And it was like it produced life as far as I can tell. Um, but if it's just like, oh, he's just tired and then he gave up. It's like, no, dude, Jesus wouldn't do that, bro. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, i got a few more. Oh, this is, this is, I just, they keep getting better. Um, I just get on a roll with these things. We get a prophetic word for us. Anyone had a prophetic word given to them? And then it speaks louder to you than scripture. Like someone goes to you, dude, I just want to tell you, like imagine this is what happened to you. Dude, I just want to tell you, I was just, I was just looking at you in the corner tonight, like while I was at worship. And like, I just feel like God put you like on my heart so strong. And he was like, he just wanted to tell you that he loves you. And you're like, oh, he loves me. It's like, you just admitted then 
that you don't believe his word. You know what I mean? And you want the specific personal words because you don't think that the words in the word, <laughs> words in the word are actually for you or as important as the prophetic words. And then we go chasing prophetic words, don't we? Like, I just can't wait for that next word. Bro, I've got a, a few thousand of them right here. Get stuck into it. <laughs> and they're specifically for you. All right. Um, I thought of this one last night. You're angry with your boyfriend, girlfriend, slash husband or wife if you're in a relationship. And then you watch a sad movie or a movie that goes deep and it starts making you think. And the movie finishes and you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that ain't cool. Because the difference between you and your partner being okay was a movie. That shows how much we're led by feelings. You know what I mean? Oh, so good. I like that one. Um, this one happens to me a lot as well. When the room's just like hot and you just like, you just get angry. <laughs> like you're cooking in the kitchen and it's like flames blazing everywhere and stuff. And you're just like, man, this sucks. Like, like the difference between you being okay and not okay was a couple of degrees. <laughs> That's not cool. Jesus wouldn't live like that. He was in the desert for 40 days. Wasn't being like, man, this sucks. He was like, man, I love God. <laughs> man, his truth's amazing. Devil comes, attacks him. Truth, 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 get away from me. Seriously, that's it. So simple. Just don't submit to feelings. Have feelings. Enjoy your feelings. Or abhor your feelings if they're bad ones. Just never, ever, ever submit to them. They will lead you into a spiral that you will never get out of. Guarantee it. You just got to learn to start being... Honestly, the like it's a crap word, but it's the right word, disciplined. <laughs> it's like when you think of like parents and teachers and stuff, it's like, no, bro, it's a good thing. Disciplined. You got to just say, even though you're not feeling it, in fact, you're feeling the opposite. You know what? God does love me and he is here right now. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Lift up your hands, especially when you don't feel it. Imagine how much more like honored God would feel that rather than just you doing it when you're at worship because you're feeling in the atmosphere, you're prepared for it. What if you're like, you so don't feel he's there and you so feel like, like you prayed for something and it got let down and then you go, praise you God. How much more honoring is that to him? Like I would be personally much more honored by that if that, you know, if I was in God's situation, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's beautiful because you just chose me even over what you're feeling and I know how strong those feelings are in you. You know what I mean? That's way more beautiful. All right. Um, there is something I was going to say and I'm going to ask... Um, Ellie for a little bit of help with this. There's a difference between guys and girls, right? Like girls actually, as far as I can understand, because I'm not one, so I don't fully know, is that they actually have, uh, I don't know the right way to word this. It's not more emotions, but a, I don't know. Finely tuned. That's a good way to say it. More finely tuned, heightened emotions. And also, add on top of that, the entire culture tells you that for a week, every single month, you're supposed to be angry and upset and down and tired and feeling sick. Seriously, that's like, like, and I don't, obviously I don't have experience in that, but I would love to, because that's a lie, that you have to be a certain way because if it's a certain day of the month. No, you don't. You, you can always, always choose to submit to God. Always. Um, Ellie, do you want to come up and 
I just asked Ellie if she could maybe share with this because give it more like feminine <laughs> perspective um, because I feel like maybe the lie is for you, some of you girls that oh, Nathan doesn't understand because he doesn't know how much like intense I feel his emotions. Truth is I, I actually probably don't understand but I reckon you probably do. <laughs> well, I've heard some stories that you've told me so yeah. take it away, say whatever you want. Nate just asked me a few hours ago to share on this and I was like flipping keen because this is one of the biggest things that I like walk with dad with but um, it was really interesting because when he asked me I was like what are we going to say dad and I was like nothing like nothing came to me the whole afternoon so I was like all right Holy Spirit this is your one so we'll see what I say but um okay <laughs> yeah so emotions feelings huge like they're so real like they are it's so easy to listen to what they're saying and be like, sweet, like good for you, like he's saying, but like when I get down to the crutch of it and these emotions in every different way, like even all the stupid examples Nate was saying, I was like, crap, I actually so real by emotions <laughs> like being tired, being hungry, like watching a movie, like whenever I watch a movie and someone dies, I'm like, I need to call Brandon before my love. Anyway, I'm like very emotional, like yeah, just really emotional, but I think emotions are beautiful and they hold a real gift that, that pour into compassion and, and passion. Um, but so many things that Nate touched on tonight is things that God's taught me. I think a few of the big ones is that I should never allow anything in my life to take mastery over who I am and to sit in my throne, um, except for the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think that when I bow to an emotion and I do allow it to be what affects my actions, my perspectives, or my heart at that moment, I'm actually saying you rule me, and you have a greater influence over me in this moment than the Holy Spirit does, and that's not okay. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing is that I've learnt heaps from Bakey in this journey, is that feelings, when I get feelings, that's not suddenly an identity stamp on my forehead of who I am. Like, if I'm feeling emotional, it's like, oh, no, I'm so emotional, I'm just a girl. Or, like, if I'm feeling depressed, I'm like, man, I struggle with depression. That's who I am, and that's what I've got to face, and that's my journey. Um, feelings are not who we are, and I think that was such a freeing thing for me because I would deal with an emotional that's negative, and then I would go into even more negativity by beating myself up that I'm not good enough. Like, I'm not better. So I'm like, I know Jesus. I've known him for so long. I'm walking with him. Why am I like this? But I think that all of these emotional things that are affecting us in negative ways, because emotions are good, but in negative ways, it's really, really unconsciously and unshowing offly, like the devil sitting with you and playing with you in his play field. I think your mind is the greatest battlefield of our lives. Mm. And that, like Chris Valentin says, if you can change your thought patterns, then your whole life is changed. Like, that is where he's going to attack you. That is, that's where he's going to come in. Like, that verse, like, we fight against principalities, not the flesh. And in that verse, a few verses before, it says, take your thoughts captive mm. to make them obedient to Christ. Mm. My, my second thing, and I'm only going to say one more thing after this, is, like, please be active in this journey. Like, we can just go along with life and be like, oh, well, today I'm feeling crap. I woke up feeling crap. <laughs> oh, well, Lord, help me. I pray you help you not feel crap. And, like, just you are flowing with what emotions come and fighting them. Um, so don't do that um, I really think that when we were freed by Jesus' blood as we know life didn't just suddenly change and everything became perfect but what broke off was the curse and bondage of sin over our life mm. before we didn't have a choice we, had, we, we, we feel crap, we sin we're always going to no matter how hard we fight but now because of Christ setting us free he's broken a bondage of us and we have a choice 
to be joyful. We have a choice to find him. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and the, the way to do that, though, is to not fight. I spent so many years in religion fighting to be full of peace and full of kindness and full of patience. But what I've realised is when I'm fighting, I'm just, again, entertaining the devil and being like, all right, let's talk about this, let's discuss this, like, and using my own strength. But now what happens, like, legit, when something comes up that I have quite a strong radar on because I know I deal with this and I know truth quite strongly because I'm so obsessed with Jesus, <coughs> when something pops up that's on my radar being like, this probably isn't you or normal or of God, then in that moment I have a choice and I'm not going to fight it because that's just wasting my time because I just get frustrated. Um, but literally all I do is I'm just like, like step out the scenario and just be like, I'm not even going there. Thank you, Jesus. Like I'm just dive, just dive into truth. Yeah. Don't fight evil, just dive into truth. Yeah. Like when it so comes, good. instead of being like, oh my gosh, I'm emotional skin, like, all right, Lord, please like, help me. Like I really need to find strength in what's Bible verses. Like it's just like, no, like don't discuss it. So like, God, I surrender to you. Lord, I feel crappy, but I surrender to you. Who are you right now? What's your face right now? Who am I right now? Like, just like cut yourself out of the scenario and don't play with it because it's just so good. bondaging. Um, yeah, and then there was just one other thing um, but I think that I forgot. Um, pretty much just in every single category, just surrender to him. Like, there's such beauty if you just sit at his feet. Like, my shoulder thing is a feeling of pain every day. Um, and the le- like... Something that God's been teaching me recently is like, I don't even say anything about it or do any spiritual warfare because I'm sick of trying all these different methods of Christianity against my shoulder thing. Um, I literally now just am like, Dad, where's your face? And I literally just stand wherever I am in life and I just look up into the sky and then I'm just like, mm, and I just like <laughs> smile and so I just am like, I just want to look at you and just find you because you've got it. I've prayed for years. Like, I don't need to pray more. You've got it. You understand what's going on. Like, and with feelings of emotions or whatever, it's just like, don't fight. Just look at him and just let go of everything. And then you'll figure it out. Yeah, anyway, Come I don't know if that makes any sense. So good. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any questions for Ellie or myself? Because I have one, if no one else does, for you. Can I ask a question? Um, I was hanging out with you and Brad a few weeks ago. Yeah. And Brad... Um, is it okay if I ask you about the spiral thing? You know, so you feel yes. like it, yeah. So Ellie would say that she felt like when these emotions and these feelings hit her, mm. it would be like, basically, if she gave into it, it would be like spiraling out of control. And like, I'm mm. sure some of you guys can relate to that. It's like literally overtakes you and you can't break out of it. And Brad goes, he said, he said to her, is there any one place before that spiral happens that you can make a single decision to go yes or no and then what do you say that's my question from mm. that what was your journey from there um so like when Renee talks about spiral it's like serious hardcore spiral like seriously takes me away from my day I literally get stuck I've no no truth that I could say or think of gets me out because I'm just constantly confusing myself because I just use bubble verses against each other so good better anyway um but like the spiral is like I actually become who I'm not. I start thinking things and saying things, mainly to Brad, that I would never say, ever. And hours later I'm like, why would I ever say that? That's not me. Like it literally spirals me into just so things of the enemy. And Brad asked me that question and I really thought about it and I was like, I think yes. 
Like, I think I do make the decision to go into that. It's definitely unconscious. But if I'm just having a crappy day or I am tired or I am hungry or I'm upset at something that Brad did that's totally irrational because he's pretty awesome all the time. I like, <laughs> in that scenario, I get overtaken by feeling selfish. And so I'd be like, you know what? Yes, I will be angry because it's not okay. And, and just like ride into it. Um, so I think like, this is a side note, something that I was talking to dad about, sorry, God about, um, the other day was that I was just talking to him about, I was like, what is this, what, what is this emotion issue thing? And he just like spoke to me and like in different words, he was just like, self-control is the most, is the hardest fruit for you to get, but it's the most powerful thing you'll ever get in your life if Whoa. you do. And I was just like. Because I think always growing up, I was like, self-control, I mainly got taught because the church is obsessed with this, is about sexual purity. Like, and I'm, I love sexual purity. Um, but that's why I saw self-control. And so I just was in the other things, like, I want to be more patient and blah, blah, blah. But he, like, spoke it to me. And I was like, whoa. Because self-control is literally the fruit of dying to the flesh. It's, yeah. it's everything. It's selflessness. It's actually pursuing a pure heart in love in every single quarter category of who you are like self-control is huge so um anyway I was like okay dad let's go after it together like let's do it then like let's go after self-control and there's so much beauty like this is not a, a full-on hard journey it is literally just walking with him for a hope for something better mm-hmm. humans don't have this they just live what they live and if life's good life's good life's crap life's crap but mm. this what we're speaking about tonight is a place to literally be superhuman and experience freedom every day and I am so on the journey of it nowhere near reach the, de- the destination but I love it when I realize that's the devil I'm like yeah I get so pumped because I know how smashed he is if it's myself I speak myself up but when I realize it's the devil it clicks in yeah. I'm like oh yeah I got victory over this one and then I just like smash it and then like keep going it's just when he sneaks so in there and I'm not being active but anyway, it's so yeah I don't, I don't know if that no that, that totally that's awesome so good mm. all right can you guys thank Ellie Oh, really? oh, one more question, sorry. Um, so Ellie, you're saying that um, like once you pray, um, God like accepts it. And so um, like you don't have to pray against feelings anymore. And you're saying that um, like don't fight evil, but dive into truth. Yeah. So what in, in those situations, what would the purpose of like the pursuit of prayer be if that's a technique to use against spiritual warfare? So, are you saying, like, I'm saying a, a way to not use prayer, so how would you use prayer? Uh, like, uh, not, like, I think, you, you, like, what I got from it, so yeah, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but um, if, like you were saying, God's already heard our prayers, right? So, yeah. don't, we don't have to fight against evil because we're, we're, like, going from victory to victory. Yeah. Um, so, what's the purpose, then, when you're going against feelings, you're trying to go against your flesh, desiring self, What's the purpose of the pursuit of prayer? Um, okay, so I think two things. One thing, when I was talking about not needing to pray anymore, that was for my specific shoulder issue because I've had that for four years and I've intentionally addressed every Christian category of demons and spirits and curses and um, bondages and blah, blah, blah. And I've, I've addressed so much that I'm just like, God, like, I've done that. And, and, we, like, and we do still pray for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to get to it. But, like, so I was... That was probably bad for me to say because it doesn't apply to everyone. But I was saying in that scenario, I just need to be a daughter now and stop trying because it wasn't right for me to try so much. But prayer is so important. Prayer is the most powerful thing. And that's why I was saying before, like the key of surrender. When I say surrender, I mean prayer. Like I mean physically, getting to your knees physically 
and sitting at his feet every single day and being like, God, I struggle so much with getting angry. God, work with me. I want you. I want to let go of this. Like, like so I so believe in prayer. I believe in prayer so much. Um, but I think you need to unify the, the two. In the morning, kneel down, surrender in prayer. But then throughout the day, then don't fight. That day be like, God, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. You're the only one who can change me kind of thing. I hope that kind of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. I know I've talked to someone, but if you do want to talk more about this, like one-on-one, I love going to coffee with people. So. something to like for Renee's question something that I read I think Todd White said it or someone else like said it and he said that um like resisting the devil to resist the devil you just submit to God yeah Yeah. like resisting the devil is just submission to God like so simple yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's a one-step program not a two-step program that's what he's saying like it's not I resist the devil and then I submit to God it's like by submitting to the devil, you sorry sorry, by submitting to God, you do resist the devil and he flees. So it literally flees, like imagine a man fleeing. It's like it's like he's running, terrified. That's what it said the devil does when you resist. Yeah, that's really good. I was going to say that too. That's awesome. Wasn't my thing. Tom White said it. So well, you remembered it. So good on you. <laughs> so good. Awesome. Um, any more questions? Cool. Um, Two more things. If anyone feels crap right now, that's really not cool. <laughs> um, I don't want that. I really hate when that happens. That's, that's not the point of this. If that, you go, oh, I feel so crap because I feel this stuff all the time and I always miss my feelings. Cool. That's great. That's wherever you're at, that's fine. You can start right there today and go, you know what? Yeah, I do submit to stuff. Shit is. I do submit to stuff. I do submit to my own feelings and I do this and that. Don't get condemned. Remember, everything I'm saying is opportunity, not rule, not standard, not pressure, not where you should be right now. It's what Jesus wants to do through you. And, you go, and that, that, in that, with that mindset, you can lift your hands and go, yes, thank you, Jesus. Even if you're still struggling with some stuff, like he'll work it out 100%. Um, so good. Um, I've, I realized I've been in the habit of reading scripture to, um, to finish off these, these nights. So I'm going to read some scripture and then we'll leave it there. Um, so good. So this is 2 Corinthians 4, from, starting from verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Maybe close your eyes. Though our outer self, our body, is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction, whatever you're going through right now, this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. That's faith. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For we know that if the trend Sorry, if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, that's our body, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, in our body we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. We want to, be, we want to wear our heavenly body. If indeed by putting it on, we may, we may not be found naked. For while we were still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that, would be fur- that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life or what is physical may be swallowed up by the spiritual. 
He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always, underline always if you're reading along, we are always of good courage. We know that while we are, are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what He has done in the body, whether good or evil. Thank you, Jesus. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, starting from verse 16. Going to 5.10. Yeah, it's crazy, hey. Um, one question. The idea of... I know I've gone over time again. The idea of starting at 7 and then starting teaching at 7.30 has been suggested. And I want to know who would be keen for that. Like, is that better? Like, put your hand up if that's better. That's like everyone. Sweet. So my bad for picking this <laughs> initial starting time. But we learn. We grow and we learn. Um, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Um, who, needs, who needs prayer for something? Who, who was moved tonight? Who was like, had stuff put in their heart? They need prayer. Please be bold and put up your hand and people will pray for you. Like, please don't, please don't, if, you, if you've got stuff wearing on your heart, don't leave it. Like, you may want to deal with it just yourself, you and God, and that's totally fine. But be bold. If you don't want to put up your hand, that's fine. Go seek someone else out. But please don't leave it. We should be praying and releasing the favor of God over everyone every single week. Like, I'm sorry I haven't done that more. I just forget. <laughs> Anyone need prayer? Hands up. Just me. Iggy. Brad. Anyone else? Jackson. Anyone else? Curtis. Natalie? Yes, Natalie. Um, anyone else? Prayer. So good. All right. Can we have people come and pray for these guys right now? Get up. Come pray for them right now.